Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Glad you're with us just like that. The second hour is here. Chad, first hour flew by. It's always a good day when they fly by like that. Got this. Armando Salguero of Outkick.com coming up in about 20 minutes. Outkick.com, where you can find this NFL schedule release later this evening. Armando's got you covered there. And much more. You can find all the shows at Outkick.com and on YouTube. We hope you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we've got details on Urban Meyer and Jacksonville and much more. Looking forward to diving into some other topics as well. But there's uh, a dirty play last night. It's not getting a ton of coverage, but is likely going to lead to a suspension. Vegas and Edmonton in the NHL playoffs. You have Alex uh, Pedrangelo, and then you have Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl has 13 goals in 10 games. The playoff record is 19, and the slash, the double slash that comes through at the end of the game without the game, there's nothing on the line. If they win this round in advance, speaking of Edmonton, he has a chance to shatter the goals record in the postseason. And a dirty hit like that, I'm curious how the league comes down on this series and on uh, Pedrangelo on this, Chad, just simply because of the magnitude. If this were the NFL, I would say this is the equivalent of it being the fourth quarter, teams up by three scores or three possessions, and you have a defensive player go at the knees of a quarterback who's on a tear, record-setting tear. It's It's got to be at least another game. He, he's going to get a game suspension, I would guess. Well, the, the, so for the precedent for this with what they're, how they're quote-unquote protecting players has been a game, and they're awaiting suspension news within this series. But it's worth mentioning just based on the dirty hit and how they want to protect their stars. You know, the NBA, they're, they're thinking about they're at least the discussion of doing away with offensive fouls, right? Mm -hmm. uh, taking charges. Uh, to reduce injuries. To reduce injuries. And they want, they're doing that to protect their stars because we were discussing it. Their top guys, Giannis and John Morant, were taking charges and getting hurt, missing games. They don't want, the NHL doesn't need, especially if Edmonton doesn't it advances, they don't want a situation where Dreisaitl can't set the scoring record. Well, and they don't want. They also don't want you know guys taking completely cheap shots at the end of games on someone because what if it's the star of another team that you just decide to yeah. put in some you know third team defenseman in there to just rock and completely level a, a dirty hit against to take them out of a series? So you got to protect that if you're the NHL more than anything else, more than any scoring records or anything else or playoff implications, you, you probably need to send a message on this one. Jim Trotter sending a message to NFL media, NFL media, also NFL.com or anything under the media umbrella for the National Football League by saying that he's glad he's no longer working for NFL media. 
quote, I no longer have to worry about my words being watered down or silenced altogether, which was not always the case over my final two years with NFL Media Group. I was told we would always report the news, though we might not opine on it. That was not the case, particularly when it came to reporting on team owners or the league office, end quote. This is not surprising. No, I don't know why anyone would tell Jim Trotter that. If, if he's telling the truth about when he got the job, they said we could report on anything we wanted as long as, as he said, we don't opine on it so they don't give their own analysis on it, but they can report any news they get. Why would you believe that would ever happen? You work for the NFL. It's like, this is like the local reporter who goes and takes a job with the team. Yes. They're not breaking bad news on that team that they now, would have broken with the local newspaper. I will say this. DallasCowboys.com, they go after team results. They don't go after Jerry Jones, but they will rip into news if you're playing bad. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are not off limits at DallasCowboys.com. And, and when you really... When you realize, like, man, this is coming from the team website. They're saying this. They're saying that they're not sure if, if this a couple of years ago, if Dak Prescott's not going. He doesn't deserve a contract extension. They should just, they should just double down and franchise tag him again and make him prove it. I mean, some sites do it. Some sites don't. NFL.com. You can find well, the Cowboys are definitely the exception. Well, uh, no most doubt. most but, team sites but, don't. They but they soft pedal everything. Their but team they're employees. not. But they're not going to rip Jerry Jones apart on no. that side. And that's the, that's the main point with this. I'm sure that you can report something bad on a player or mm-hmm. even a coach for an NFL media group like Jim Trotter would do. But they draw the line at the owners. They're not going to allow it. I don't know how this surprises. Jim Trotter, you take a job with any media company and they're probably not going to take kindly to you reporting awful news, being the one to report it on someone else within that company. That's common sense. When you take a job, you're not going to be able to do that. So none of this really surprises me. Now, does Jim Trotter have a lot to say and a lot of news he can break now at The Athletic about owners? Does he have a lot of info info he's been storing up? That he can go all in on someone now? Maybe. I'd be interested in reading that, if so. But none of this surprises me. This is like anyone who takes a job with a team. You're a team employee now. If you're on the radio crew, if you're on the TV crew, if you write for the website, you are typically leaning towards positivity with that team. I think it is important, though, when you talk about the Cowboys, you know, they, they're willing to go after the results and the players. I think that's probably only because Jerry Jones tells them to or allows it because he doesn't mind that part of it as long as it's not critical of him. But they're not trying to water down why they lost, right? They're not making excuses. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, Trotter's also one of the reporters who's going after the diversity within the league, within the league office, within the those covering the sport itself. But, I mean, by and large, where we're headed, not just with the NFL, but with the mega leagues the teams are employing who used to be those newsbreakers locally they are now bringing them on board under payroll and having them write for their team site so they can break their news they can post the tweet five seconds before the email goes out to the rest of the media and they're controlling the news cycle and that's by and large where we are we need more jim trotters at the athletic or Armando salguero's at outkick who are going to break the hard news. And, and be critical but, when it's warranted. But let me also say this. 
a lot of the employers only care about the headline and clickbait instead of the digging that goes on behind the scenes like the reporters in the league used to do, like the newspaper guys used to do. Now it's about who they're dating, who they're banging, and what drugs they're taking, more than it, and where they're partying, more than it is, okay, are they living up to expectation? It's because, TMZ. Yeah, you're looking for the clips instead of the story. And that's unfortunate, because that starts at the very top of companies. Let's also be intellectually honest about this. I think a big portion of it is this is exactly what teams want. They go and get the guy or girl who breaks the most negative news about them that does the best job in journalism of doing what they're supposed to be doing. And if you bring them into the fold and pay them what they want to work for you, you eliminate a problem. And here's what else it does. It creates a vacuum for bloggers, Mm -hmm. podcasters, everyone else that wants to come out and apply for a credential can now suddenly do it. And those teams, at the same time, can just disavow anything they write or anything they say as, ah, just bloggers, just a fan site, or just whatever it may be. So this all works in favor of the team. They don't want to deal with the media, first off, so they can hire good media to come work for them, and then they can be their puppet once they come to the team or the league. And then, two, once you get all these you know, children – that come up and want to have a podcast or want to blog about a team, well, yeah, we'll let you. we give you a little press pass for the day for camp. Come on out, Sonny. You can do it. And then when they write or say something, guess what the team can do? They can strong-arm them to not do it again or they're going to lose their credential. Or they can laugh it off and say they're not media anyways because we've created a system where we're eliminating media because we want nothing but rainbows and puppies about this team. So the team and the league – a big part of this problem. On the flip side, I'll also say Jim Trotter had to know what he was signing up for when he started taking checks from the NFL. But for the last couple of years, he's been asking difficult questions that, that Goodell at the annual media address for the league has not answered all that well as far as diversity hiring. And he specifically works for the un, under the NFL umbrella for NFL media. He's the one asking the question. Trotter's asking that to Goodell. And Goodell's answering that to his, you know, NFL media employee. Well, the one thing the NFL would never, ever do in the way of censorship, and they know how this would look, is try to silence an African-American reporter who wants to ask questions about diversity in the league. If Jim Trotter, if someone in the league said, you can't write about this or ask about this, and he told his story on that, the NFL knows how awful that would look, and how they would get absolutely drug in the media well, by everyone. They would just get destroyed by every media outlet if they did that. But what they can get away with is, hey, Jim, don't write that hit piece on Dan Snyder. Not just Dan Snyder. Don't, don't give the details of the Brian Flores lawsuit against the league. Yeah, or that, what these other really owners what have done. That's really what he's asking about. Uh, what these other owners have done or not done with the Rooney rule or whatever it is that he may be reporting on. Right. You can't report on them, but that's the way they can get around it. And and you know what Jim Trotter did the whole time that he was employed by the league? Kept his mouth shut about it until he's gone. Then he goes to the athletic, and now he can talk about it. Well, he actually opened his mouth and asked the questions, though, to the commissioner. No, I, I agree with that, but I'm saying on, specifically, Jim Trotter's not saying he wasn't allowed to talk about diversity. He's saying, I couldn't report on specific things with owners, and maybe it was in line of diversity. Watered down or silenced. Right. So, point being... 
the checks didn't bounce. He continued to take the check, and he did what his bosses told him and did not talk about whatever he was going to report on or say about NFL no owners. And now, now he can say it. Well, good. And, I, and look, I say, good. I, I want to know want, about it. I'm all for him saying whatever he wants now at The Athletic and him talking about this now. But I look forward to the next column on exactly what he wanted to write that was edited. Hey, with that lead-in column, my first thought was, boy, you set yourself up now. I can't wait to see what you got to say coming out of the gates and what you were going to report on you couldn't with the NFL and what you're going to say and report on now. So I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm leaning in to whatever Jim Trotter is going to write next after that, that lead-in column. But we have to be intellectually honest about this. Deep down, he knew what he was doing when he took the job with NFL media. And I'm, I'm okay with him talking about it now, but let's not pretend that when you take a job – covering a league for that league that there aren't going to be some stipulations along the way. Chad, um, Urban Meyer took the Jacksonville Jaguars job and then was fired within that season based on the toxic culture and environment that players behind the scenes off the record are saying in a litany of different stories that The Athletic put out earlier this week. Um, and it's, it goes back to 2022 and the whole saga with Trevor Lawrence being drafted. Meyer comes in. We know, we know about the allegations that he kicked the kicker and all that. <laughs> but what this really comes down to in this updated piece to me is Urban Meyer threatening to come in and cut players and using the fear tactic of if you're cut, what are you actually going to go do? If you're not going to play hard now and earn it, you can make $15 an hour somewhere else. And it was quotes like that, that players on the, uh, agree, they're agreeing to an anonymity on this. Some of them anyway, are saying was the most offensive thing they've ever heard in the locker room. And that's when they lost all respect for Urban Meyer. To me, that type of motivating tactic has gone on behind the scenes in the league for a long time. You want to talk about where, where players come from and what the ultimate goal is, where they come from versus what the ultimate goal is plastered on the wall in defensive lineman's room when Jim Washburn's coaching Albert Hainsworth and all the, all the players that he's helped go on and get a second and third contract and the millions that they got in their bank account immediately for hustling and playing hard for the defensive line coach. To me, this is the equivalent of that. I think Urban Meyer comes across as a really miserable person, quite frankly, in this story. And I understand hard coaching, and this is not me being soft. But when you stand up in front of a room, it's not just saying, hey, you guys, you don't, you don't work hard. You're not going to work hard anywhere. You're not gonna make when you say, most of you in here couldn't make more than $15 an hour if you didn't have football to a room full of people. That is beyond demeaning to everyone in that room. And when you go out and you're talking to a receiver who's from the South – and who is African-American, and you got the white quarterback thrown to him, and you walk up to the white quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and you say, hey, we got we to explain it to these guys four or five times. They don't have the right transcripts in the South when they go to college. I mean, come on, man. When you're going up and threatening to fire the position coach in front of the players, and you're demeaning your own staff that way in front of the players, what kind of leadership is that? Here's my big question. Who's defending Urban Meyer? I know Dan Dockich does. He's buddies with him, and he interviews him. Who on the Jaguars defends him? I haven't heard a single player stand up and say, you know, it wasn't that bad. He was actually pretty good to me. Every time a coach is left in disgrace, 
I think of Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. I think of, of Dan Dockage's old coach, Bobby Knight, at Indiana. People will stand up for the guy. Someone will. They'll come in and say, he was actually tough, but he was great to me. Here's what he did for me. Here's what he did for my family. He was great to work for. I have not heard a single positive thing about Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. And I know he did this oh, throughout I, his college career. I think it was miserable there. And got away with it. But man, oh man, I'm thinking. Not just got away with it. He won. Oh, of course he won. He won. And that's why Ken Wisenhunt was hired here, because he won in Arizona. Yeah, it doesn't make them good people, though. Uh, it's you, just not how I, I just there's You don't a way. have to be good people to win, though. Then that's the point. Like, he, he failed on the field and failed off the field where he lost all respect, just like Zach Wilson lost the respect of the locker room for comments in New York, where they just were just, like, done with him, which is a surprise that he's still there. But this is on, like, a, a times a million per player going through the, the list of things. I don't also don't understand why so many people are off the record with this story. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're fearing. Just go ahead and say it. Yeah. Um, Marvin Jones wasn't in the story. DJ Chark. John Brown wasn't also. Marvin Jones, I thought, really handled himself pretty professionally. He walked out of the, the facility because he, made, he, he said that the receivers were running the wrong routes at one point, and then most of the receivers walked out. But he handled himself well in, in public in front of the media. You know, he kind of diffused things in front of the media, hey, even though he was angry with Urban Meyer at the time. There's one thing for sure. If you're a college coach making the jump to the NFL, you cannot coach the NFL locker room like a college program. Doesn't work. No, the, and I, I don't a, know. There's a different management behind the scenes that goes on with that. And I think Urban Meyer, too, again, wildly, and I don't know him personally other than the guy, you know, refused to shake my hand when I was 23 years old. Other than that, I don't, I don't know him personally. But there's no denying his greatness as a college coach. I would ask the question, and I know that he was just done at Ohio State recently, but given the current state of college football, with open transfer portal, with NIL, with everything else, would Urban Meyer succeed to a great extent in today's college game? Maybe he would adapt. Maybe he's learned from the Jacksonville experience and he'd be a different type of personality and he could still find success. But I don't think this would work. Well, where well what, what we read about in Jacksonville, I don't think would work at any college program today. But where are these stories from the college programs he's coached? I don't hear about that either. I, I don't, it, it, people aren't talking about it there, probably because they won. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I, it's probably it. And the players didn't leave at a high level either. Like, I, I, again, like, I just don't. I don't know what, what went off track with him, but clearly he's not the same coach in Jacksonville that he was at previous stops. The most telling thing to me is that it does not surprise me when someone fails to a large extent that there's going to be people talking poorly about that person. Yeah. It's the lack of anyone defending him. That's what is more telling to me than defending anything. Defending the stories that are coming out. Well, even there's, there's been no counter to this, Right. You know, Dan Dockage did a good job getting Urban Meyer on to talk about it. He's mentioned in the athletic story mm -hmm. about him, what he said to, to Dan on Don't At Me every day right here on the Outkick Network. But other than that, like, who is coming to bat for Urban Meyer in the NFL with Jacksonville? I figured some player, even that wasn't with that team anymore, would say, he wasn't bad to me at all. Some of the stuff is overblown. And this team needed a kick in the butt. And they didn't like it. Because, hey, I, I'll, I'll be the first to raise my hand. 
when he initially took over, I'm oh, thinking thought, Jacksonville is soft and they're losers and they're weak and they don't like hard coaching. And then I read these stories and, and I see that pick. no one defends them. And they had Trevor Lawrence. And they had Trevor Lawrence. And that no one defended him. And I think, man, he just may be kind of a bad guy, a bully. But you, you become a bully how? By bullying people. By years and years of success. Tons of success. When he's walking around you know, the office saying, give me your resume, say it to me right now if you want to challenge me on anything, that's a guy who's won a lot, and that's Urban Meyer. Also a jerk. Armando Salguero is the opposite of Urban Meyer. Not a jerk. And he's going to be covering the NFL schedule release and more. Uh, one of the best. And he writes for outkick.com covering the NFL. He's next with us on Hotline. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hunter Withrow with you for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. We say hello to Armando Salguero, covers the NFL for Outkick.com. Joins us weekly at this time. NFL schedule release later this evening, even though we know about half of them. And in some cases, we know all the games based on leaks. Armando, how are you? Yandelman, how are you? Excellent. Where do you uh, where do you put today's coverage on your scale of annual things that you'll be writing about across the NFL? It's huge. It's the NFL, and the NFL can go to the bathroom, and it would be huge <laughs> because they would turn it into a three part four TV series that includes leaks uh, two days before, which is pretty much what has happened with. The NFL schedule release. I, I remember once upon a time, it was, you know, here's the schedule. Uh, you have a, um, a 4 p.m. kind of, you can't write anything until 4 p.m. And then you're off and running. And that kind of changed when television decided we don't have a whole lot of fodder in May after the draft that is NFL related. Let's do the schedule. And so 
of course, writers and reporters being creatures of habit, we tried to, you know, leak the thing as as we uh, were best able. Well, the NFL decided, well, if they're leaking, (laughs) we're going to start tipping our games, too. We're going to get in on the fun and create this firestorm of attention for the NFL schedule. And they've been doing it for three days and everybody's a flutter about the NFL schedule, which, you know, is fine for business because that's the business I'm in. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. And it's great on paper. And I'm last year's a great example for me. I'm going through the AFC West, all the hype and the buildup and how Denver's just scattered all across all these national TV games. And I couldn't help but think last night, Armando, Thursday night, uh, excuse me, not Thursday night, Friday Friday football, Black Friday, Amazon's paying a billion. They add to it, and their first game is New York with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets against Miami and Tua Tagovailoa. And if you know, if what happened last year happens again this year, who knows? Oh. Maybe we end up with Zach Wilson against Mike White on Black Friday. I, I can see that you're you're an optimist. <laughs> I was last you're- year. Yeah, and and you learned your lesson, I see. You decided, no, I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe <laughs> trick again. So so you're going with not believing in the 39-year-old quarterback with two bad offensive tackles against the oft-injured <laughs> six-foot guy who has had concussions and missed games in each of his three previous uh, NFL seasons. Yeah, I can see why you're thinking that way, Jonathan. Yeah, but on paper, it's great. And I realize why they're doing it. They're trying to make up for last year's schedule, but there's really no way to do it. You know, all the hype about the Super Bowl rematch in Week 11 on Monday Night Football is great. There's no guarantee it's going to look anything like it looks right now. And that's why it's it's fun to look at, but it's a lot like fantasy football in a way, where you're looking at it going, man, this looks great, and your quarterback GM and all these things, but... Uh, all the bickering that goes on behind the scenes, I'm sure, by the networks, there are the haves and the have-nots come November and December. Uh, I got to give the NFL a little tip of the hat, though, in picking the Lions hmm. as the Thursday night season kickoff game matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs that will be played right here, by the way. Arrowhead, right? behind right. Armando right now. Right, Absolutely. Um, and so I, I like the fact that the Lions are not uh, a team that anyone recognizes as good, except for this show uh, <laughs> starting last <laughs> October, I guess. And uh, and then it was it was interesting that they've had a good off season. They finished five and one at the end of the season. And I guess the NFL is expecting them to do good things this year. Um, I, I kind of like it. Of course, it would be funny if the you know the Lions come to Kansas City and the Chiefs go. No, uh, we're about four notches, four levels above you guys. Let us show you how. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Let, let me be cynical and negative now, here, Armando. How about this for cynical and negative? The NFL is now anti-family and anti-Christian because they have a triple header on Christmas Day. 
of all days, of all holy days. They're having nothing but football all day. I say that completely kidding. This is awesome. Uh, and, and this is what everyone's going to be doing now on Christmas Day. After they open presents, they're going to watch back-to-back-to-back NFL games, which to me is a prime time window for the league and another chance to take over another pro league in the NBA on a day that's normally theirs. Yeah, remember when the NBA used to own Christmas Day? Yes. Uh, broadcasts, they would have, you know, whoever, the Lakers typically, sometimes the Heat, sometimes the Celtics, sometimes, well, I guess very few times the Knicks because they weren't good enough. But the N- NFL decided, hmm, hey, that's not a bad idea. And so this year, even though Christmas falls on Monday night, they're coming with a triple header on Christmas Day, Monday afternoon at 1, at 4.30, and then the Monday night game. It's like we're going to nuke the NBA, and we're still going to – you got to give them this, Chad. They're going to let you get to the gifts and the presents early and let your kids open them up. And then it's football the entire rest of the day. That's right, kids. Go play with the toys now. Get out of my way. Daddy's got a game. We got Jets games to watch now. Let's go. Or whatever it is first. Raiders, Chiefs. Yeah. Exactly. That's work. That's right. Yeah. Armando, is this uh, the upcoming vote in a couple of weeks? What, three? Whatever the next NFL owners meeting is. Is this the year that they can implement the flex scheduling for Thursday night football late in the year? Yes, uh, they actually tabled that motion at the NFL meetings in Phoenix uh, uh, in March. And so there was pushback, especially from the New York Giants ownership, Mara being the, the chief there, who were saying, we can't do this to the fans. We can't have them buying tickets to games on a Thursday night in November, in December. And then telling them in November, a couple of weeks before, oh, by the way, the game's not on a Thursday night anymore. If you're coming to town, too bad for you. Uh, you know, so there was there was pushback there and it was tabled. It will be brought up again uh, in the next coming meeting this month. I want to know if the NFL schedule makers knew this, and they probably did based on Robert Kraft being a part of the media uh, ownership group that, that, I guess, negotiates these contracts. But Robert Kraft announced that Tom Brady will be honored on behalf of the Patriots for their home opener. Now, what I don't know, and maybe you do, maybe you've seen, I haven't seen, are they opening up on week one or week two? I don't know, at Gillette. But whenever that is, Brady's going to be honored as a Patriot that night. And I'm assuming that's a Sunday night, Monday night thrill ride for whoever gets that game. Yeah, so it's going to be the Eagles, according to like multiple reports, um, which ironically is one of the teams that Tom Brady lost the Super Bowl to. Yeah. Uh, He won, you know, seven of them, but he did lose a couple. And the Eagles was one of them, not his fault, of course. Uh, but look, you bring Tom Brady back to Gillette. And the only thing that I can think about that night is Tom Brady will be the best quarterback, uh, in the stadium. Yes. Period. He's better than Mac Jones. I think we all agree on that, right? For sure. 
He's better than Jalen Hurts. Yes, and he knows it. He's gonna get. He's gonna get the itch. I don't know if he's gonna get the itch. Uh, I I think, you know, it, he should have scheduled this. In, he should have scheduled this around Thanksgiving instead of Week One. <laughs> yeah, I, if he had gotten the itch, he'd already be working at it because that's how long it takes to bet he is. to prep a forty-five-year-old body <laughs> to you know be able to play in the NFL, even if it's Tom Brady's forty-five-year-old body. But regardless, there is no one in that stadium that will be a better quarterback than him that night. Interesting storyline, and maybe it's nothing, maybe it's something. But Jacksonville and the city of Jacksonville and the Jaguars, they're renovating their stadium. They've come to some agreement. And while that renovation is going on, they're not going to be able to use their stadium in 2024 and 25, I believe. I may be off by a year. But do you think that they play their home games in London? Or do you think they take their home games to like Orlando? Because the next biggest stadium in Jacksonville is 12,000 seats. Right. So a couple of things here about the Londonville Jaguars. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I would say to you that I don't understand why a renovation project it necessarily evicts an NFL team from its home for two years. The Green Bay Packers renovated Lambeau Field and they played during that time at Lambeau Field. The Miami Dolphins renovated Hard Rock Stadium and they played during that time at Hard Rock Stadium. They didn't just renovate it. They put a freaking, you know, like top on the stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, this stadium right here behind me uh, was renovated and the Chiefs played at the stadium. And so I, the idea that you cannot use the stadium while renovations are going on. And, and I don't mean while they're going on. I don't mean fans stepping over tractors and bulldozers. I mean, look, football season runs basically from September until January. So in, in February, up until August, you work on the stadium renovation and then you stop. And then you pick it back up in February. That's how it's done. So I reached out to the Jacksonville Jaguars and asked them for, you know, guidance on this. They haven't gotten back to me yet. But the idea, again, that they have to go to Orlando to Camping World Stadium, which is a 20,000 seat stadium, mm -hmm. or, you know, pick up stakes and go to London, it, it's or play in the swamp. In Gainesville, I, I I don't understand that. I just don't. It's typical Jacksonville. It's a Jacksonville story, isn't it? I mean, that's how I read into this. Um, no other place would have this much, you know, mess on a renovation that has been in the works for a couple of seasons. By the way, I was off by year. It starts in 25. So we've got some time. They've got some time to figure it out. It's 25, 26. By then, Goodell may have a whole division of teams in London. Who knows? Armando. Right. And again, forgive me for pushing back on the whole thing, but we're we're assuming that what the mayor said is accurate. That's right. <laughs> the mayor is a politician. Just saying. Sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes the NFL can be bigger than local municipalities also and can bulldoze their way through 
a, a local mayor at the local level for some of their own market. So we'll see how it turns out. We're all going to see how Jordan Love is this year. Also, Armando. Um, five nationally televised games, if you believe the leak of the entire Packers schedule uh, that, that we saw earlier. We've got Aaron Rodgers. All the interest is on him with the Jets, right? And this is sort of the lesser talked about story is his successor in Green Bay and how it's going to look now for the Packers. Yeah, and so is he going to be good, Jordan Love? I don't think because, so. Okay. Uh, we can all have opinions about it. Yeah, but we're going to find out. Well, but Jordan Love doesn't know. And the fact that he's admitting it, uh, he talked for the first time since the Aaron Rodgers trade a couple of days ago, and he was asked, so how's it going to go? What's it going to look like? And he's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm, your guess is as good as mine. That's, actually, that's, that's refreshing to me to give that no, answer. It's, re- it's refreshing, but if you're a Packer fan, you're going, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know, God bless Jordan Love. He talks about having confidence, and I like the fact that He's going to lead differently than Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers had no problem calling out teammates, even calling out coaches when they didn't meet his standard. Jordan Love has talked about raising people up, uh, instilling confidence in them, protecting them as his form of leadership and and making them feel good. So you got to like that. That's, that's good. But he better be good. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, he can have all the questions he wants. You better be good, brother. That's it. Let me say this about Jordan Love. I prefer that approach, the honesty of saying, I, I don't know, let's all find out together, Packers Nation, about how, how we're going to be this year. I prefer that uh, to, let's say, Russell Wilson saying, Broncos country, let's ride after a terrible defeat. So if I'm, if I'm looking at both of them, I'd prefer the Jordan Love honesty approach with that than Russell Wilson. Now, I would prefer Russell Wilson's career over Jordan Love's also. So you give a little and you take a little, Armando. Um, I think I fall in the Dan Marino school. Dan, are you going to be good? Watch. That was his answer. Watch. Armando, have you booked your hotel Baglioni in, uh, in either London or Germany for either of these trips since we know these games? <laughs> no, I I really haven't. Okay. Um, I've been to both. I, I did cover a game in Berlin once upon a time. It was a preseason game. Nonetheless, I, I was able to go. And obviously I've covered a lot of games in London and yeah. it's a fun, it's a fun experience for all uh, involved, except for the team that loses because the ride home from that game, yeah, those games are on the scale of ride homes they're just below super bowl and playoff losses because it's not the 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 disaster of ending your season just shy of the ultimate goal it's not the disaster of ending your season with a failure in the postseason but it's a disaster in that you're sleep deprived you just got beat and beat up and now you've got a six or seven hour plane ride to you know to get back home and get on a normal sleep schedule again 
so that you can sometimes with these teams play again next week. It's no, but no player that I've ever spoken with likes that. Titans went for two and lost to the Chargers when I was there on the flight back with the team. We're boarding. Someone asked Matt LaFleur, hey, coach, how are you? Chirp back real fast. How do you think? <laughs> that was Titans offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur yeah. at the time. And then we, boarded the, we boarded the plane for nine hours. Armando, thank you as always, and we'll chat soon. Enjoy the schedule release. Thank you. Yep, Armando Salguero with us weekly, and you can check him out daily online at outkick.com. I'm going to start responding to people around here. How do you that. think? How, How are you do doing think? today, Chet? Really? How do you think? Yeah, I'm going to my it's sleeping pod. I just left a castle. We lost an NFL game. I'm going to my sleeping pod to, you know, have filet, medium, medium rare plus. The athletic reporting, that's far better than the way Urban Meyer greeted people in the Jags facility, by yeah. the way, when they asked him how, how they were getting cut. Yeah. Coming up, we get weird with Davey Hudson. Good, good luck making $15. Strangest story of the week is next on OutKick. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up, I'll uh, tell you about a conversation I had with Titans quarterback Will Levis. And I think, based on answers that he gave in a survey, I can convince Chad that he may be cool, believe it or not. That's coming up in about 10 minutes. It's going to be quite the feat if you can pull that off, Hutton. I look forward to it. Right now, we get weird. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Weird! Get weird! Weird! Get weird! All right, Davey Hudson, what do you have this week? Whose backyard are we going Thank to? Thank you, guys. Actually, we're going to start right where <laughs> yes. we left off last time. We're going back to the Netherlands. Chad, I know you missed the story about the Dutch sperm donor. I love who's the Dutch. Got like over 500 kids out there. But we're, we're back in the Netherlands because we have a you got a Dutch man orange shirt on today, too, Davey. Who well was, done. I was about to say, I didn't even plan for that. Uh, I now orange. realize I'm very pale even while wearing the orange shirt. <laughs> Makes it even worse, especially with the lights on. But anyways, we have an 82-year-old man that kept his dead father in the freezer so he could talk to him. This, his father was 101 and does not believe that there's any foul play. The picture you see is just the side of the house. Use that information as you see fit. I don't know really what you could do it for, but I guess you just see this. You're like, oh, this is where that happened. But the, but the big thing for this story that's really got me concerned is the Dutch officials are just like, yeah, we told him to get his house um, cleaned up. It's in disarray. And then we'll determine whether this 82-year-old man will be able to continue living independently. I'm like, he's kept his father in a freezer for 18 months so he could talk to him. I think we pretty much know he does not need to be by himself at this point. Was this Jeffrey Dahmer's defense when they found people in his freezer? Oh, these are just relatives I'm trying to talk to. There's nothing to see it here. Sounds like a Stephen King or an Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah. And only the Dutch. Leave it to the Dutch. For this one. What's next, Davey? Uh, we go to South Korea. We're just going to keep traveling around the world. Uh, we have a man that ate a banana that was a part of a $120,000 art installation at a museum. I'm not even going to try to name the museum that's in Seoul, South Korea. But it, this is just a bigger situation of how the art industry really is just a great excuse to money launder, in my opinion. Yes. Um, it's a 
Who determines art? Yes. This is duct tape. Someone's duct tape a banana to a wall. And this is art. This made it into a museum. This, someone probably spent a lot of money this on this. This is your PSA to not go to an art gallery. And it's one of those things, too, where this banana is replaced every four days, but we just so happened to have a guy go up, eat the banana, because he was hungry, is what he told the outlet. And then they're just like, all right, let's just move right along. We'll put the next banana up. I don't understand how things become art and who determines what the art is. Um, how do you get to become the person who says this is good art? Well, uh, our, the next story, the hotel manager certainly felt like he was an artist. Yeah. From South Korea to Nashville. We're coming right back. There was a hotel manager at the Hilton downtown in Nashville that ended up breaking into the room of one of the customers. This guy was the night manager and, you know, just casually decided I'm going to start sucking on this dude's toe. This is last week. By the way, we're looking at a picture of this guy. If you gave me a lineup and said, yeah. which one of these guys sucks toes? Yeah. Who's the toe This sucker? would be the dude I'd point out every well, single time. Chad, it's funny. You mentioned Dahmer earlier because I was thinking, like, this guy knows where some bodies are buried. And, like, I get it. You shouldn't this judge a book like by a chewing on toes in this picture. But he's putting out. off big Dahmer vibes. I'm like, this guy knows. He's seen some things. And obviously, well, he's got a criminal record. Yeah. Um, it's not going to. But I'm thinking, His like, dad ho- is also dead in his freezer. I'm he thinking, talks to him. So he's, he's managing a hotel that's charging, like, 500 to a thousand dollars a night last weekend right yeah. That, oh yeah right? it's charging a lot he looks like a, a hotel manager well, was, that would have like the free hbo light flashing yeah. outside the, the yeah, motel. like a bates he'd the, like a member of the bates family yeah this, bates motel type manager. this man was caught i believe march 30th was actually the date the incident happened uh the the this guy's the name 52 year old david nil i want to the peter brennan was the guy who had his toe sucked on for sure sleeping and the next thing you know somebody's in your room that <laughs> night guys and, and to, to make this story personal so like i knew about this story my mom was in town for a work conference and i was like we i met her for dinner last night and i was like mom where are you staying at she said the name of this hotel i did not tell her about this incident because i knew she was staying for one more night she'd probably be freaked out did i make a good move by not telling yes. my mom and yes, her co-workers what had actually happened yes, at this hotel did. i would have told her but the common sense no, no. Say it's not going to happen twice in the same now. place. You tell her now, Mom. Now that she's gone, you yeah. have to tell her. Yeah. And I You'll can also this. tell you that they went to dinner that did not have a maitre d. No maitre d tip no, at dinner. No. That's for sure. How was Chick Fil A last night, David? <laughs> Delicious. Good thing, good thing it wasn't a Sunday. Coming up, because it missed out on eating. We've got the headlines, including the NFL schedule release, what's been leaked, NBA playoffs continue to entertain, and a great story about Will Levis in a survey where he's filled out answers that I love. That's next.